0: You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Got an awesome program today. Later on, we'll be talking with our good good friend, Victor Lucas from the electric playground Uh, and the future of uh, video graphics video game graphics computer graphics Intel is getting into the fray up against uh, some of the other big players Nvidia and AMD and even if you're not a big uh, video game nerd uh, it's a very interesting topic and segment uh, that we've got coming up uh, just kind of detailing what the future is for some of the things that we're seeing video processing units graphics cards are in all our screens whether it's a phone a TV. TV or computer and with Intel getting into the game it might change uh, the way we get some of the the content that we're looking uh, at now and we'll also be talking with our own Stephen Fung he's one of our get connected uh, producers uh, and contributors about his experience with his Chevy Bolt as you might have heard Chevy or GM has uh, basically recalled all of the Chevy Bolt electric vehicles because of battery issues. Uh, These cars potentially catching on fire. Well, he has one and he'll uh, tell us what that uh, was uh, all about. But John, let's uh, get into some of the tech news uh, now. One of the interesting things that I came across uh, this week and you probably have seen this as well is Elon Musk. He tweeted out uh, his vision for a Tesla bot, a Tesla humanoid robot that he wants to develop. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the video?
1: Parts of it, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he there's no prototype or anything like that yet. Uh, as we know, Elon Musk is a big visionary. Uh, you know, his things don't always come out on time, but he has given the world a, a few great products and companies, including SpaceX and Tesla. Do you think he can make uh, inroads with a Tesla bot?
1: Well, I think if anyone can, he probably can. Uh, the question is, who is it aimed at? Who is it, like... The, the whole idea behind this is, is that it's meant to do some of the menial tasks that humans don't want to do.
0: And dangerous tasks. Yeah. So manual labor, uh, working with hazardous goods and materials, lifting. Uh, he says, from what I understand, that uh, it would be about 125 pounds, about five uh, five foot eight inches in height. Uh, if we're worried about them taking over, he says that we could easily overpower them. But if these things can lift heavy things and work with hazardous materials, I'm pretty sure that they could go after our frail human bodies.
1: Well, yeah, and we all saw Westworld.
0: <laughs> so, you know, for the, pe- for the listeners out there, we're nowhere close to the robots taking over, just <laughs> in case you're worried. I mean, there's so many things that have to be worked out, you know, everything from, you know, the actual movement, the mechanics of the robots, and then just the artificial intelligence needed to actually work these things as well.
1: Yeah, but we've seen some pretty dramatic examples. I think everyone's seen the videos of Boston Dynamics and their robo dogs and the do- the robots that do the parkour. You know, like I think we're getting close. They don't look like a humanoid. No. They look more like robot leftover parts from Star Wars. Yes. But it's not a big stretch to see how they could integrate that tech into a more humanoid shape.
0: And I wonder Is the humanoid shape the most efficient shape for manual labor? Because, you know, I look at uh, a factory or a warehouse and having these little robot people walk around and do things might not be as efficient as something that's purpose-built. You know, you've seen the little drone, I don't know what they call them, cars in the Amazon warehouses or carts that just kind of zoom around. Yeah, Like, that'd have to be a pretty spry humanoid robot to run around.
1: Well, and I think also the humanoid... Shape might be a little disconcerting for some people too. If you see this thing looming in the background, yeah, with no head or, or no eyes or some other missing feature that you would expect from a human versus a robot that looks like a forklift with you know other things going on.
0: OnlyFans website has been in the news this past couple of weeks. Uh, they announced, I think, was it last week that yeah. they were moving away from any type of pornography on their site. And for the listeners that don't know what OnlyFans is, this is a site where you can create your own channel and basically have people pay a subscription fee to get exclusive content from you.
1: Yeah. And arguably, you could say the majority of the content there is of an intimate nature. One of the things that they got famous for is because during lockdown, a lot of adult entertainers couldn't do their thing. Uh, in public, like in a in a club or something like that. So they started using webcams in their bedrooms. And that's what this platform was built on, on the backs of these people.
0: Well, they announced, uh, I think about uh, a week or two ago, that they would uh, be banning pornography from their website because their payment partners, the MasterCards, the Visas, uh, sorry, the banks that issue, issue these, uh, were not on board with them anymore, having this type of content.
1: Yeah, and it's a tricky situation. Anytime there's any kind of... Uh I don't want to say questionable content but any type of content that some people might take as offensive.
0: Like Pornhub for example, uh Visa and Mastercard basically told them that they wouldn't accept any payments. Yeah. anymore because they had a lot of uh bad content on there like non-consensual porn, that type of thing.
1: But do you think that's the reason or do you think it was because maybe a spouse found out that their 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 Better half was using those services and they had to reverse all the credit card charges or something like that. So
0: I think there's a lot of money. No, no, (laughs) there's no no question. I think for all the reversals, they're still making billions of dollars uh, off it. So I don't know what happened here with OnlyFans, but they have since come back and said they're not banning it anymore.
1: Yeah, because the entire platform yelled and screamed at them and the whole internet lit up about it too. Because that's kind of like
0: it would essentially kill their whole business model.
1: Well, it'd be like McDonald's stopping to sell hamburgers.
0: Yeah. Uh let's move on to another news story. Rogers here in Canada is uh, mandating that all of their employees uh are to be vaccinated, fully vaccinated. So we're seeing a uh, a bunch of tech companies uh, go this this route now.
1: It's an interesting time.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm pro vax vaccination. Yeah. I know there's a lot of uh anti-vaxxers or people that still question the safety. Um, I, I think the science has been pretty clear that vaccinations are uh, a good thing, especially to protect the vulnerable. Uh, it saves lives, there's no question. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all fares. I mean, I, I just, the, for me, the government hasn't been fully uh, transparent and uh, enough information to employers about the legalities of enforcing something like that.
1: Well, and it's also, it seems to be one of those push and pull things where the federal government's been pushing it down to the provincial government and the provincial health authorities. So depending on where you live, it might also impact your employment abilities with these types of rules.
0: Well, we'll uh, we'll keep on top of that and uh, see how that goes for Rogers and some of these other tech companies. We are going to have to take a break here on Get Connected. Don't forget to enter our contest, giving away Kingston Technology RAM or memory prize packs. Uh, you get 64 gigabytes of memory for your desktop computer. Speeds it up. Or if you're building a new PC, this is the prize pack to get. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. This is the last week. Back after this you're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Still lots to talk about on today's program. We'll be uh, chatting with Victor Lucas later about uh, video graphics and how that world is going to change now that Intel is getting into the market. Now, though, we want to talk about batteries and specifically batteries in electric vehicles. You might have heard the news in the past few weeks. Chevrolet has recalled all of the Chevy Bolt electric vehicles, not just for two years, but every one that has ever been made. We've got uh, one of our contributors, Stephen Fung in the studio. And Steven, I wanted to bring you in because you had a Chevy Bolt. That's right, I did. I bought it used uh, about two years ago.
2: Yeah, what year was it, T- 2017? It was the first year that it came out in BC. It was like literally the compliance vehicle to get the rebates because I looked at the spec sheet. Oh man, this thing is like bone stock. Yeah. So I I'm f- was very happy with it. Two years, uh, no gas, no service, no maintenance, just washer fluid and wiper blades and car washes. And electricity. And electricity, which we are blessed with You know, lots
0: of cheap options here so over the past year there have been some troubling uh, incidents with the chevy bolts uh some of them catching fire uh, which led to chevy basically saying don't charge your car inside overnight in your garage
2: yeah it was uh actually it's pretty extensive uh what they asked us to do initially was they asked us to do what's called hilltop reserve which was basically limiting our battery to a charge of 90 percent and then also uh asking us again in this new recall to not park in our garage, don't park near our house and also (laughs) do not go below 113 kilometers, which means that your effective range has become now about 250, 300 kilometers at most. Yeah, How did you feel about that? I was kind of terrified, actually. I heard that the recall was not working. And I I had just recently taken a, a boot out to the interior when... They had the the hottest day of year on record across Canada, and I was charging at Boston Bar. And when I got out of the car, it was like the air airlock coming out. It was like basically the DeLorean when you open the going door. There's this puff of, uh, of 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 steam. Yeah. It felt like that. So I I I really went out and I tried to make sure that this was safe. And then I hear that something else was happening.
1: Well, one of the things you remember you telling me is that they specifically said, like, when you're charging it, if it detects a problem, it's going to play all the horns and sirens and stuff in your car to alert you to this problem. That's that, right. And I thought that was kind of like, well, that's kind of too late.
2: Well, you know what's funny <laughs> your about Your car's that? on fire, run. It's basically, actually, you know what? You're bang on. What I've heard from uh, a number of people is that by the time that horn is going off, you roll it out of your garage if it's there, and you basically hose it off and you call the fire department. It's already in a thermal runaway event. So what basically happens is that uh, inside the battery, uh, the, the system's detected that there's some sort of arc and a drop in voltage, but by the time that that, that that spark has happened, it's already affected other batteries within that area. And
0: keep in mind, these are packed right in there. So let's explain that to the listeners. Uh, when you think of a, a battery in electric vehicle, it's just not one solid piece. It's actually made up of a number of smaller batteries or cells.
2: Yeah, like basically, if you take a bag and you filled it up with uh, AA batteries, and you put an electrolyte solution inside, and then you use uh, wires to wire every single one up, you would have not just one of those, but multiple packs that make up a battery pack. and Imagine that close proximity with one of those bags going off. It's going to set off all of them. There's just no way that they can predict that.
1: And, and so, the what the information we've seen as to why this is a problem was that it sounds like there might have been a robot in the factory that made it that was misaligned, and basically, there's this tab. Uh, a torn anode tab which is basically the wiring that you talked about uh and and fold the separator so it actually was causing this little bit of an arc on some batteries that i guess they did a forensic analysis of and so the problem could be extensive and it's one of those things you can't tell until you open it all up to find out if your car could have been the problem or if yours would have been fine
2: yeah that's right i mean if you think about now that we know that it's some sort of a mechanism or a robot, and you know it, I'm glad they found it because now new batteries will not have that same issue that robot's fired that robot is definitely fired it's probably in the junk heap right now <laughs> um but knowing that a, a robot caused that issue, and you know as much as we want to kind of you know make g m the bad guy, they didn't know l. g didn't know. LG is the maker of the battery. LG Chem. Yeah. No, they're not the same as the the TV and and the phone people. That you know, rest in peace to the phone people. Uh, they're not the same people. They're basically a division of LG. So this division was basically it, it was it was their issue to solve, and they found out what happened. Um, maybe a little bit too late because this recall actually affects another. Korean car maker, uh, Hyundai. So they were the first to recognize that there's something wrong and they recalled all their batteries immediately. GM kind of had not only that separator issue, which is basically the lamination where the robot was misaligned. um, They also had a torn anode, like John was saying, which is like the perfect storm of the two things. Like typically when uh, when you have a folded tab, It's fine in the the bag of electrolyte and everything. Nothing's going to happen. But the torn tab, it's basically caused kind of an internal short because the two things can't be in the same. Like, it's basically, it's the perfect store.
0: So, you know, electric vehicles are just starting to take off now. How do you feel about electric vehicles now as far as the overall safety of them?
2: I think this was looking at the big picture like we have to realize that there's the emotional part and then there's the objective kind of scientific thing what happened right this was a machine that was misaligned in the factory that they just found out that was turning out thousands hundreds of thousands of batteries. It affected a very long uh, time span of, 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 of vehicles, right? Unfortunately, right? But moving forward, they know now know that this is something that can't happen again, and they're making a wh- whole bunch of things, a uh, whole bunch of different procedures to stop this. In fact, uh, LG and GM are coming up with the next generation of batteries called Altium, which is more like a, a packable, kind of squishable type of battery, which would have in this case, I, I believe that almost all these issues would not be there.
0: Well, you know, I liken this issue to, remember the Samsung Note 7? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was a popular smartphone from Samsung uh, that had a uh, tendency to catch fire. And so they had to recall all of them. That, that entire line, that Note 7's gone from history yeah. now. But they fixed it and we're still using smartphones. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just concerned, you know, some people will hear this story and of course yeah, it's a huge concern, right? Because you're sitting on top of these flammable batteries if they're not put together properly, can burn your house down.
2: Yeah, like there's 122,000 potential thermal thermal sorry, thermal runaway events that could happen. But in this case, GM has taken an abundance of caution to not only recall the ones that were most affected by percentage, but they've taken uh, upon themselves to recall all of the vehicles all the way up until the ones that are just rolling off the assembly line, just to make sure the customers are going to be uh, good to go. Because remember, uh, GM is banking on everything being electric, they are pushing generation E. And I may have been affected by this recall, I, you know, a- Again, I feel that they have made the right choice, and I'm not that upset in the big scheme of things. I did have to move off the platform mainly because of you know, like my family, they're they're back there. No one knew anything at the time, so I made that choice a, 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 a couple months ago. But now that we would know you that, go back to GM down the road? Would I go back to GM? I think that in this case, knowing what I know, I would probably give them a second chance mainly because there was just so much more information there. Yeah and they've shared the responsibility. The letter that they sent out was, uh, it was good. Yeah. Uh, they addressed the issue, they, they told us what was gonna happen. It might take a Were they a year.
0: transparent and fast enough on that, you think?
2: Based on the fact that they have so many tentacles, like they're a huge manufacturer, yeah. to do the investigation and everything, I think they did it pretty quickly. It's yeah. less than a year until they went from issue to solution. Yeah.
0: Not bad been talking with Stephen Fung. He's one of our Get Connected contributors uh, about his experience with the Chevy Bolt. And again, if you've got one of these cars, they have been recalled by GM, so contact your dealership for more information. When we come back from the break, we'll be talking with our good friend Victor Lucas about the future of graphics and graphic cards. Will we have video game consoles in the future or will they just be built into our phones and our TV screens? Back after this. You're back with the program. Mike and John here. Don't forget to enter our contest, uh, giving away a Kingston memory prize pack. Three of them. If you're looking to build your own PC or want to up the speed of your existing one, and again, desktop PCs, uh, we're giving away three of these packs. We're 300 64 gigabyte, uh, 64 gigabytes of RAM that light up.
1: Yeah, they have RGB lighting in them. Yeah,
0: so you'll have to get a clear case to to really show it off. Let's uh, continue uh, talking about uh, computers and specifically video cards and video card chipsets, graphics. We've got our great uh, friend Victor Lucas on the line to talk about a recent announcement from Intel getting into the video graphics space. Thanks for joining us, Victor.
3: Oh, it's my pleasure. I love coming on the show with you guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Always great to have you. Uh, so when you look at a laptop or a video game console, desktop PCs, uh, when you see the graphics come up on the screen, whatever screen you have, uh, that's typically being powered by uh, a video graphic chipset. One of the big leaders out there in the world right now would be NVIDIA. AMD is another one, I guess, formerly ATI back in the day, a Canadian mm-hmm. company. Yeah. Intel mm-hmm. now is jumping into the game as well. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Uh, I think it's kind of inevitable. I think what uh, NVIDIA specifically has been doing has just been, uh, they've just been a lion in the marketplace. And AMD has been no slouch either. I mean, they've been working with a lot of the console manufacturers as well and finding all kinds of different ways to kind of grow their business. Visuals in computers and in game consoles, devices in general have become increasingly more important. And there is this cachet, this allure uh, of having the most powerful graphics cards out there. We saw the the rampant shortages that Nvidia has had with their 30 line over the last year. A lot of scalpers have been, re, you know, getting into the market and reselling these things at very exorbitant prices.
1: Who, whoever um, thought that Intel, would happen?
3: <laughs> it's, well, it's, I think
1: what's yeah, it's crazy what happened with all that.
3: Well, gamers are a huge population, yeah. you know, and people are so articulate in the game space and primarily that's what we're talking about here is video game fans are wanting the um, best ways to consume their content and the the most visually amazing ways to consume their content and we've seen some incredible technologies like ray tracing and uh, AI powered super sampling um, like what N- uh, NVIDIA is offering with uh, their DLSS technology and AMD has got something to kind of counter that but the other thing that's happened too is Apple has moved away from their partnership with Intel and they are starting to make their own chips for their machines, which so far haven't really been graphic showpieces or showcases, but it has kind of taken away some, um, and I don't know if this is all interrelated, but I would have to think that, it, you know, where a door closes, a new one opens, and so Apple is now making its own chips, their M1 chips and and wherever they're gonna go from there. And so Intel is probably you know, been learning a lot through their OEM partnerships with uh, both AMD and with uh, NVIDIA, you know, packaging their cards, their CPUs with those GPUs. They also have been doing integrated graphics for a long time, Intel has for lower, lower end PCs and laptops. And so they've, you know, they've been taking all of those lessons and all those learnings, plus their own scientific advancement internally. Like these are one of the biggest chip companies, chip manufacturers on the planet. And they've said, well, we can enter this space. And that's exactly what they're doing. So they're they're gonna have a competitor to the high-end stuff that NVIDIA and AMD is been making and is making and has been making for a long time uh, next year. And um, so we don't know what the performance is gonna be like, but it's gonna be good for consumers to have that choice.
0: Well, it is a challenge right now with uh, anything video card uh, related, especially with the big chip shortages happening uh, throughout the industry. On top of that, all these uh, Bitcoin mining uh, computers and farms that need these high powered graphics cards. uh, You know, no one can keep these things in stock. They're going for thousands of dollars. Uh, Do you think Intel will be able to get a supply or make a supply? And how much of a dent will they make in this market?
3: Uh, That's yet to be seen. And I think it's gonna be performance related. I mean, you know, people, especially when you're talking about AI AI embellishments for your visuals, you want something that is not incredibly uh, crazy in terms of the power requirements, but the output has to kind of uh, satisfy everybody's desire out there. And plus, uh, you know, it has to be reliable technology. It has to compare with what these vanguards in the business have been putting out there for a long time and yeah the cryptocurrency kind of uh, you know market out there and that's a very good point mike i think that there has been a lot of uh Uh, consumption of these cards to kind of satisfy the the crypto craze that's out there for sure and the gaming audience is just growing larger and larger and even free-to-play stuff is incredibly robust right now you know like if you're playing genshin impact or something like that and you can turn all the widgets on and it just looks insane it looks beautiful and and that stuff is just getting better and better looking we're getting into unreal engine 5 visuals pretty soon and so people are going to want this incredible horsepower uh, Intel has access to their own silicon and their own pipelines and their own sort of manufacturing processes. Uh, I, I think that this is very interesting, you know, and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way for them to kind of transition a whole new uh, customer base, which they don't currently have. And this could be very, very good for Intel if they can pull it off.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of things have to go right because Nvidia and AMD they've spent a lot of time working with like game developers and console makers yes. and, and yeah. so it's this this synergy that has to happen it's fair to say Intel's been working with the same people in a lot of ways but in a different angle and a different trajectory because they're trying to make the RAM better or the CPU processor better but not necessarily the visuals better so it's right. a, it's a whole other sort of division of Intel that's going to have to start coming to those meetings
3: I just wonder yeah, how they're s- not really known as the hype, you know, video no. game brand, right? I mean, it's the dependable brand. It's the it's the horsepower brand. And if you get a, a processor from Intel, that's, that's uh, uh, you know going to deliver the CPU cycles that are going to make your game sing. You're happy with that, but you're not really like, oh my god, Intel is the gaming brand that we all know in quite the same fashion that nvidia has kind of carved out for itself uh, and amd has really challenged as well nvidia's i think sitting pretty high on uh, on the mountain right now um but because that absence that intel that space that intel has kind of recognized is a real opportunity for them as well and also nvidia has had a, a lot of customers uh, you know very unhappy with the lack of availability of their products this year you know so yeah it's a real opportunity for intel
0: i just wonder if they have a chance to be successful i mean they're going up against two big guys that have been in the market forever, AMD and uh, NVIDIA. And when I look at the tech space in general, it always ends up coming down to two, doesn't it? You know, Windows, Mm. Mac, iPhone, Android, Uh, you know, eventually the others fall off or they get bought up. You know, I don't know who Intel could buy out of NVIDIA or AMD. I think there'd be too much of a, um, you know, anti-competitive aspect to to that, but sure, uh, they're going to have to invest a lot of money to make this happen. And, you know, what is their appetite to, to, to see this through till the, uh, till the end?
3: Well, the, I think the writing is on the wall in terms of how important visuals are going to be for uh, computing power going forward. I mean, we're looking at an AR future. We're looking at every device in our home have some kind of screen connection or screen technology connection. We're going to be uh, you know, not just in in, in jumping into increasingly more uh, advanced game environments, but I think we're, I mean, I can see a future where Google Maps is just so hyper detailed. You're going to be able to enter buildings, you know, and everything is going to have to be um, realized in a, in a visual fidelity that we can go right down into the granular detail. And so we're going to need incredibly powerful visual uh, uh you know applications and and hardware that's going to be able to get us there and um, it's and we're not going backwards with that you know and i think intel sees a real a real opportunity there and you know the history of graphic cards is yes littered with a lot of um uh you know dead bodies and companies <laughs> that didn't, didn't didn't do so well but uh, this business is also you know, this sort of technology business is also sort of uh, pushed forward by risk taking and by people saying, look, we we can, we can try this and we'll see where it goes. We're talking with Victor Lucas, uh, all about video graphics processors
0: and video cards and how uh, it's going to change the future with Intel getting into the game as well. Victor, I'm going to get you to hang on the line because I want to then throw the cloud into this and how that might change everything. When we come back from the break, more with Victor Lucas. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Don't forget to enter our Kingston technology RAM giveaway. We're giving away some RAM packs. These are worth 300 bucks each and also a bunch of Kingston swag hats, t-shirts, you name it. Uh, Again, if you want more information, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com and we've got the contest page up there. We've been talking about video cards. And I know for some people, they're like, oh, you know, who cares? But video graphics processors are in almost everything when it comes to displaying any type of content now, especially when it comes to video game consoles, computers, laptops, yep. uh, even our phones uh, as well. Intel is getting into the game, uh, going against two of the other big players in the market, NVIDIA and also AMD. So, Victor, uh, mm-hmm. the cloud... Will it even matter 10 years from now when none of the processing is going to happen on the devices that we have? Because the connections will be so good to my phone. Um, You know, the video game console is actually just built into the TV now. And everything's going to be streamed from servers directly to the screen itself. And the the, the unit, the TV or the, the phone won't even have to have that much computing power.
3: That's an interesting question. You know, And I believe that we are entering an arms race with that, and I think that the cloud is going to get better and better, and then the companies that are directly served by uh, business-to-consumer um, sales are going to combat that, and they are going to find a, a an appreciable difference that they can market back to consumers. I always think about the TV manufacturers thinking about the idea of vr supplanting the need for large screen televisions and i don't think any of those tv manufacturers would just give that up you know they would find a way to make bigger and better screens even as vr technology continues to improve and improve and improve and the other thing to consider too as uh, we enter cloud streaming for all kinds of content. We're already seeing huge advancements in that. Is that those machines that serve up that content are, go- are PCs? They're just PCs on the other end. And as the cloud client base grows, as people that need more access points to the cloud, so too will those companies need computers with incredible graphics power that can serve up that content, even if it, if it's just being streamed. But that's that's a At different that's a different
0: but- game though. Right? It's not a direct-to-consumer play anymore. You're not selling video cards to consumers. You're selling video graphics. No, it's
3: not one-to-one. No. But you are still having to output a, uh, you know, even if it's server-side, even if it's like, an, you know, it's many instances off of specific servers. You're still having to output beautiful, beautiful visuals. And it, it, somewhere in that pipeline is graphics technology. It isn't all just... Uh, and graphics card technology. It isn't all just CPU process stuff. Um, and in the development of that stuff as well, right? Like there is, uh, a, you know, a huge amount of, uh, of graphics processing needed on the manufacturer of content like that in real time as well. And each one of the those developers is a seat. Um, so, yeah, it's going to change. And uh, we are certainly going to have, I mean, I... Maybe what we're going to see is that the the change that's happened with the lack of interest in Blu-ray and DVD, comparative to people just being able to, you know, stream stuff. And I am one of those collectors. You know, you guys can see it in my background here on on Zoom. But I, I you know, I love to collect that yeah, stuff. Yeah, your your I garage like is
0: a fever dream of uh, Batman figurines <laughs> and uh, old video game consoles, which <laughs> yes, I, and, I I love. And,
3: and and a huge blu-ray collection and a dvd collection but you know even me who has collected that stuff i've slowed down a lot on all of that because of disney plus and netflix and all of these streaming services and so maybe we will enter this era where uh, the convenience outweighs the experience yeah you but know, but the, you look the the at Sony. experience
0: yeah but you look at sony and xbox they they're coming out with cloud-based video game streaming right yes so yeah. uh, I see in the next five years, TV manufacturers just building these high-end graphics processors or cards directly into the TVs to to handle That,
3: that is absolutely going to happen. Yeah. Yes, 100%. You will not need but a Sony still, PlayStation anymore. Yeah, but still, for at least another 10 or 15 years, I believe there will be heavy competition on the part because they can still sell. They can still say, well, it's marginally better over here. Yes, you can get your your uh you know 1080p 60 frames per second dls cloud experience but you can crank it to 4k and you know or 8k at 120 frames per second if you buy this graphics card
0: been talking with victor lucas uh, all about the uh future of uh video processing video game processing with intel uh, getting in with their new intel arc into the market uh victor where can people find out more information about uh all the things you're up to
3: well, I I, uh, uh, I talk to all kinds of people across video games, entertainment, technology on uh, the Electric Playground, and you can watch video content. Um, and then we're in a bunch of other places. But the main place that we are is on YouTube at youtube.com slash EPN TV. Thanks for joining us, Victor. Thank you, you
0: guys. Talk to you soon. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned we're back with get connected it's been a great show mike agarbo here with john beeler just want to give a shout out to the the contest it's the last week for our kingston technology memory prize pack giveaway giving away three sets of uh, memory for your computer this is 64 gigabytes of ram this will definitely speed up uh, a computer and if you're building your own pc this is the best ram out in the market to get and it lights up. And it lights up. So if you're one of these uh, these uh, PC builders that like to make gaming PCs, this is the type of memory that they dream of. We're also giving away a lot of uh, Kingston swag as well, T-shirts and hats. So head, head to the uh, the contest page at getconnectedmedia.com and enter to win. For tomorrow's show, and uh, that uh, is Sunday across the course Radio Network, uh, Saturday nights in Toronto, the app show has a great program as well. We're going to be talking uh, about a new app that's augmented reality for your ears. Stories that you can listen to with your partner and actually act out in your home. It's it, really cool. It is super cool. Uh, we'll also be talking with our friend Ted Kritsonos, uh about an app that helps you make apps, even if you know nothing about programming. And uh, we will also be talking safety. If you are someone that likes to go on hikes or back countries Uh, adventures, we've got an app uh, called Overdue that will uh, track you and also let uh, loved ones know if you don't come back on time. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Of course, John Beeler, my co-host, Christina, and the rest of the folks back at the studio. We'll see you again next time.